On today's show, more NBA executives think that Giannis Antetokounmpo will be better than Luka Doncic in five years. Are they right? Also, NBA executives said that the Mavericks clearly had the worst offseason. And they're clearly wrong. I'll tell you why on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks I don't believe you shouldn't be here. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where the best way you can help us grow the show is to comment anything below. Let us know. Did the Mavericks have the worst offseason in the NBA? NBA executives seem to think so. And also, who do you think will be the best NBA player in five years? A couple, couple NBA executives thought that Luka Doncic will be, but more of them thought that Giannis will be the best player. We'll talk all about that. Isaac is out today. He'll be back tomorrow. We are getting into the NBA survey, executive survey that Tim Bontemps does every single year on ESPN. He goes and he surveys... I don't know, a dozen or so. This time, I think it was 15 uh, NBA coaches, scouts, and executives all across the NBA. And he doesn't really necessarily tell you which ones are like Eastern Conference, Western Conference, unless they give a quote, basically. And then you can kind of suss out who voted for what sometimes. But in this, the Mavericks were represented in a couple of different ways. And we're going to talk about it. We're talking about how... uh, Best player in five years, Luka and Giannis were the top two vote-getters by a lot. And that Giannis outdid Luka for that. Will Giannis be the best player in the NBA in five years? Or will it be Luka? Or is it a wild card that we're not thinking about? We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about um, the Mavericks. Clearly had the worst offseason in the NBA, according to these executives. It's really interesting to me. And I think they're dead wrong. I think they're, they're definitely wrong. There's such an obvious answer. And sometimes you don't want to answer the obvious because it is. So we'll get into that. Um, but yeah, this is 15 NBA coaches, scouts, and executives. So it could be any of them. So sometimes we look at this survey and we put too much stock into it. You say, okay, well, who will be the best NBA player in five years? Giannis, seven votes. Luca, six votes. That's one person. And that could be a coach. It could be a scout. It could have been Monty Williams, who just got beat by Luca in game seven very badly and was like, you know what? I'm not going to vote for him. I'm going to vote for somebody else out of spite. I don't think Monty Williams would do that, specifically him. But it could be that in another scenario, right? It could be, uh, you know, Steve Nash, who's like, oh, we just got beat by Giannis, and so now I'm going to vote Luca. Like, who knows? It's it's very small sample size. 15. 15 people. So when we're talking about a survey like this, you really have to talk about what the numbers mean and, and you know, and, and all that uh, and what it means. I, this isn't going to definitively say anything either way it just says where the nba is kind of leaning on some of these things and so you look at some of them that matter you just talk about a couple of them best player in the nba right now Giannis got 11 votes that one that one i think was the most overwhelming one Giannis, the best player in the nba by 11 votes curry got three votes lebron james got one vote (sighs) come out and say it Come out and say it. Who's coming out and saying LeBron James is the best player in the NBA right now? I think there are clearly five players in the NBA that are better than LeBron James right now. Giannis, Jokic, Luka. I'd throw Curry in there. 
I don't put Durant in there too. Like, I, I just don't think that, like, who are you? Then, so this is why you look at this survey and say, okay, well, what does it mean? Luca wasn't voted the best player in the NBA. Luca wasn't voted the best player in five years. The Mavericks had the worst offseason. All right, well, look at who's voting for this. Because <laughs> well, somebody said that LeBron is the best player in the NBA still. Uh, a couple other ones. Who will be MVP this season? Giannis got five votes. Luca and Joel Embiid both got four votes each. Curry got one vote. John Morant got one vote. That John Morant one is interesting. What, what kind of season would John Morant have to have to get an MVP? Like it would have to be Derrick Rose, but like on a completely other level. Like that one is just that. That's a lockdown Grizzly special. I just gave you guys a. I just gave you guys a topic to Michael and, and Joe because he went twenty seven six and seven last year on a team that was second best record in the NBA and like didn't even sniff the MVP. Like did he even get vote? I don't even know if he got votes. Um. Yeah, that, I don't know how John Morant can get into the MVP conversation. It's That's just a lot. Um, all right. Let's do the one that I really want to talk about, though. Who will be the best NBA player in five years? Giannis got seven votes. Luka Doncic got six votes. And Jason Tatum got two votes. Those are the only players receiving votes. NBA executives, scouts, G, uh, coaches, whoever was all anonymous, whoever was uh, polled in this, think that Giannis is going to be better than Luca, or at least one more person does, or at least I guess nine, nine think that somebody else will be better than Luca, either Giannis or Tatum. Who will be the best player in five years? Start looking at the two of them. Luca is 23 right now in five years. He'll be 27. As of right now, he already has three all NBAs, three all stars, three times headed to the playoffs. He went to the Western conference finals five years from now. Like, there, we could we could talk about it. it. That's a great what if for what if Wednesday possibly. Giannis is 28 right now, or he'll be 28 in December, and in five years he'll be 32, 33, depending on at what point in the future you end up. <laughs> like at the, if, if you're going into the future in December, he'll be 33. But like he's he's right about there. Five years ago, if you look at Giannis, this one is interesting. He was 22 years old. He was just coming off his first All Star appearance. He had lost in the first round of the Raptors. That was his first time our second time in the playoffs and his coach, Jason Kidd. <laughs> Giannis's coach five years ago was Jason Kidd. Uh, Giannis will be 32, 33 in five years. So for just comparing the two, a 27 year old Luca and a 32, 33 year old Giannis, the best 32 year olds in the NBA right now, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Jimmy Butler, DeMar DeRozan, James Harden. Those are some pretty good 32-year-olds. So if you want to make the case that Luka will be better than Giannis in five years and six you know, scouts and coaches and executives said that he would be, but if you want to make the case about Luka and you just point to Giannis's age, that's not a good enough reason. It's not a good enough reason to say that Giannis will just be, you know, oh, he'll be older, he'll be older, he'll be past his prime. No, he's going to be right in his prime. Think about Kevin Durant now, Steph Curry right now. Jimmy Butler, DeMar DeRozan just had the best – like season of his career at 32 years old. And that's how old Giannis will be. And he's not going to age badly. He's not all reliant on athleticism. Don't listen to whatever Gilbert Arenas is saying. <laughs> Gilbert Arenas is just saying some stuff about Giannis and just going off and going off and going off about Giannis and how he's not gotten better and how he improved on one specific skill. Yes, Giannis has improved in everything. <laughs> Giannis has improved at every part of his game since he entered the league. But... He's improved since he's gotten to the league in every facet of the game. But has he plateaued? Has he peaked? It's hard, to, it's hard for me to look at a 27-year, 28-year-old guy right now and say he's going to get significantly better. He's going to take another step forward. Now, he'll, he'll improve in little areas of his game, sure. 
Kevin Durant did, you know, LeBron did, just little things here and there. But at a certain point, you get to your prime and like that's who you are. And you can, you know, change your approach. You can do a you know different things statistically and like try try different methods. But like you're as good of a player as you're gonna be at a certain age. Did has Giannis hit that? I kind of think he has. And that's not even that's not even a knock on him because the last three years for him have been incredible. Two MVPs. He's averaged 29 points a game, 12 boards, six assists, a steal and a block. He's shooting uh, 63% from two-point range, which is just insane. Um, his three-point percentage is, is just about 30%. So he's hitting you know a decent amount of, of three or four threes a game that he's taking. And so that's one area of his game, if you're going to point to anything, which we've been pointing to his game forever, but at least he takes them. At least he's willing to, to take him and put him up there. Uh, and then he was he was defensive player of the year in that stretch. Like he's he's done everything. He's done everything in this last three year stretch. And so has he peaked? And that's the question you have to ask. Has Giannis peaked? Because if you're talking about who's going to be the best player in five years, has Giannis peaked or is he going to take another step? And then coming up, let's talk about Luca. How does Luca compare? And what will Luca be in five years? And how do you actually compare him to Giannis? And then there's a couple of um, scouts and execs that talked about Luca and gave a couple of quotes. So I'll share those coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Bet Online. It's the best place to check out the odds and lines inside and outside of sports. They had some incredible numbers all the time. They have, of course, NFL numbers, you're going to have Eurobasket numbers. They have them split into groups. They also have overall. They have all kinds of different things that you can check out on Bet Online. Uh, I posted the WNBA uh, championship odds today, and I found it so fascinating. And this is when you start looking at these odds and say, okay, this is not necessarily who they think is going to win. It's who they think the money should be on. And like th- that all comes into play. And that's what gambling is so interesting to me. It's like, who are people willing to put money on? The Las Vegas Aces, even after losing their game one, are still are the favorite, according to Bet Online. They're plus two twenty two or plus two twenty to win the WNBA finals. Now, right behind them is the Connecticut or the, the Connecticut Sun and the Seattle Storm are plus two fifty. So that's like right there and there. And then the Chicago Sky are plus three sixty. They're a little bit of ways to win it. But if you want to check out that football, Eurobasket, anything like that, go check out Bet Online. It's where the game starts. All right, Isaac, we're getting into the NBA executive survey. Given by Tim Bontaps at ESPN, you can go read it. And there's a whole bunch of other stuff in there. We're going to talk about who we're talking about right now. Who will be the best player in five years? Giannis got seven votes. Luka got six votes. Tatum got two votes. And when you're talking about who's going to be the best in five years, you look at age, see where they're going to be in their career. You see, okay, can they take another step forward? And I think Giannis has kind of peaked. Three years, Giannis has kind of been the same guy. And that's an incredible player. The best player in the NBA, I think. Because he brings it defensively and offensively. And so the question becomes, if you're looking at these two players, Luka and Giannis, the two top vote getters, and who will be the best player in five years? Can Giannis maintain his dominance for that long? Or can Luka get better? Because right now, they're close. Like you, you, anybody talks about a top five, Luca and Giannis are both in it, and it's close. No one's saying that. I mean, like Luca is like right up there with Giannis right now, right now. The way that he can create an offense and become an offensive engine unto himself, I don't think Giannis is that. Giannis can do a lot of things and do a lot of things well, but I don't think he can be an offensive engine. Like literally, 
There is nothing. There is no court. There is no teammates. And then Luka steps in with five dudes and becomes an offense. You see it with the Mavericks. You've seen it with all the Mavericks teammates he's had. You've seen it with Slovenia. We'll see it in Eurobasket. On Thursday, we'll, we'll break down that game in Eurobasket and all that. And so the question becomes, can Giannis just maintain his dominance or can Luka get better? If Luka can get better, it's significantly better. Like take another leap forward. And that's a stretch too because Luka is already, if you're going to do the look over the last three years rule, Luka is already one of the best. I mean, three All-NBAs, three, I think three first-team All-NBAs. He has just been incredible. The way that he drug that team to the Western Conference Finals this past year, what he's done for guys' careers. Like, he's gotten guys paid already. He got Dorian paid. He got J- he got Jalen Brunson paid. <laughs> like, let's be real. Brunson played really well in those two games without Luka in the playoffs, but let's not kid ourselves and say that Brunson would have that much success without Luka. We're going to find out. We're going to find out with the Knicks, I guess, but... But Brunson definitely benefited from Luka, and Luka made Brunson better. It's just true. Brunson balled out in the two games that Luka didn't play in the playoffs, but when Luka came back, you know, Brunson <laughs> Brunson benefited from Luka being back, for sure, and on the court. And for, for the whole season and for his whole career, he's benefited from Luka. And everyone has. <laughs> it's, it's what he does. And so you're looking five years in the future. Okay, who's going to be better? It's an interesting question. I... I I cannot sit here with all this stuff on my walls and all the podcasts and all the words I've said about Luca and not think that this guy can defy the odds, defy everything that we think and get better. I think he can, especially defensively. If he just becomes an average defender, like even maybe a step above that, if he puts together the, you know, best best shape of his life type season that we've seen Embiid do, that we've seen Jokic do, that we've seen some of these even Giannis, Giannis did that. Giannis was bulked up and got in the best shape of his life and then won an MVP, right? That's, that's like how it happens. Now, it happened for Giannis a little bit more gradually than it happens for some of these other guys, but if Luka puts that together and carries it for a little while, it's over. Like it's over. He's so good. He's so good. That's a fascinating one. Who's going to be the best player in five years? Giannis, seven votes. Luca, six votes. The other guy receiving votes is Jason Tatum. Now, here's some. Here's a quote from a. Um, this is from a. I think it's an Eastern Conference executive. Yeah, Luca did a hell of a job carrying that team this year. But the two-way wing creator scorer is the ultimate archetype, and Tatum is that at 24 years old. He's just 24, guys. And just got that team to the finals. I just like his ability to give you something defensively that Luka ne- likely will will never be able to. All right. All right, Eastern Conference executive, whoever you are. Um, how about the Tatum was terrible in the finals and the Tatum was not necessarily their best player even in the Eastern Conference finals at times that Jalen Brown was. So talk about him dragging a team to... Uh, carrying that team to uh, the finals this year. Luka drug his team with way less talent than the Celtics have. Uh, and I thought that was way more impressive in the Western Conference compared to the Eastern Conference that Tatum did. So, yeah, take your defense. Take your defense and what Jason Tatum is. You also have to just show up in big games. So, miss me with the Jason Tatum is better than Luka and will be better than Luka in five years. Like He'd have to take a big leap. He'd have to take a big leap as a as a playmaker, which he's taken a, a, a step forward as a playmaker. But I don't know. He's also older than Luca already, so he he'll be 28 by the time it's five years. Luca will be 27. 
Another Eastern Conference scout said, it's hard to bet against Luka. There's some worries about whether he'll be able to keep up his conditioning, but I'm not betting on anybody over him in five years. That's where I am. Why would I bet on anybody else? Look at what I've seen Luka do from the moment he stepped into the NBA. He's been this. He's been almost this good and, has t- and took that big leap from year one to year two. Um, other candidates. Who else could be the best player in five years? Tatum got two votes. He's going to be 28. Jokic. Jokic is going to be 32. He's not going to be old and dead. I, there's a good chance that Jokic could be the best player in five years. Jokic is one of the top three players, I think, right now. I think it's those three guys. I think it's, it's Giannis, Luka, and, and Jokic. And Jokic can Jokic could put together a, a season. He is older than Luka, though, so he'll he'll be he, he's five years old. No, stop. No, he's Jokic will be 32. So I'll just I'll leave it at that. Embiid will be 33 in five years. Uh the injuries, I feel like that's what's holding Embiid back, is they'll catch up to him. And I just don't see he just hasn't been the, the playoff winner that Luka has been so far. That's just me. Embiid stands, whatever you want to do. Curry will be 38. You got to think that at that point he'll be on the downturn. Uh, Durant will be 40. LeBron will be 43 in, in December of five years from now. Uh, and then no one else is better than Luka now, or even as a case. Like no one else is even close. Trey Young will be 28. John Morant be 27. Zion be 26. I looked at a couple of lists of like who's the top 25 under 25, and those were the guys. I don't know if either of those, any of those three guys are taking a leap that will get them to where Luca is now, let alone where Luca's going to be in five years. So I think that's the answer. Who will be MVP this season? Uh, Giannis got five votes. Luca got four votes. Embiid got four votes. Curry got a vote. John Morant got a vote. Uh, it's interesting that Giannis got more votes th- than Luca in this, but I think this is Joel Embiid's year. I think they're just, it's just going to be from the very beginning of the season, the, nar- the narrative. I'll do it. I'll do it for all the commenters. Anytime I say narrative when we talk about the MVP, I take a drink. <sighs> the narrative behind Joel Embiid will be there this season. It'll be harder for Luka. He'll be going uphill because, oh, they got worse over the offseason. Will they be a better team? Now, if they come out of the gate and surprise everybody and start the season like, I don't know, 20, 20 and 5 or something crazy like that, then all of a sudden that Luka can get back in that 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 um, that conversation for sure. And then here's the one I think a lot of people are going to be talking about today. Which team had the worst offseason in the NBA? The Dallas Mavericks got the most votes. Six votes for the Mavericks. Three votes to the Hornets, two votes to the Nets, one vote for the Nuggets, one vote for the Lakers, one vote for the Timberwolves, Timberwolves, and one vote for the Portland Trailblazers. Um, The Mavericks didn't have the worst offseason. They had a bad, they had a not good offseason. They probably had a neutral offseason in that they lost Jalen Brunson for nothing. And a West executive, this was his quote, they lost Jalen Brunson for nothing. Quote, then they turned and gave JaVale McGee a lot of money and traded for Christian Wood. All right, they gave JaVale McGee like six million. We've got we talked about this. I was I was questionable and skeptical about the contract when they gave it to JaVale McGee. I'm still kind of questionable about the years that they gave him. Three years to a guy that's 30, 34. That one, that one doesn't make any sense to me. But they got him for one year. It's an upgrade over what you had. How about that? Who cares how much money they gave him? It's an upgrade over what you had. It's an upgrade over Dwight Powell. They went to the Western Conference Finals starting Dwight Powell. So I don't know. I, I'm, this is <laughs> this is giving uh, upset Western Conference executive vibes. That they wish that they could have Luca and think they could do a better job building a team around him. That's what that's giving me. 
Coming up, let's get into that. Did the Dallas Mavericks have the worst offseason? And who should have? Who should have gotten more votes for worst offseason? We'll talk about that coming up. All right, Isaac, we're going through the ESPN executive coaches, scouts survey. 15 coaches, scouts, and executives. That's 15 total, by the way, not 15 of each. So you have to take that in consideration, too. One person's opinion changes this whole thing almost and puts one team or one player ahead of the other. Worst offseason, Mavericks got, Mavericks got six votes, Hornets got three votes, Nets got two votes, Nuggets won, Lakers won, Timberwolves won, Blazers won. The Mavericks had the, the most obvious loss in Jalen Brunson because it was so widely reported and so frequently reported. How many times, did, if, you had, if you had Chris Haynes and Woj and Shams on Twitter notifications where if they tweeted anytime, you got a notification on your phone. If you got, if you have those on and start and Stein put, put, put our friend Mark Stein in there. And if you had those guys on notifications, you got like, I swear 30, 30 notifications, probably 50, 50 notifications about Jalen Brunson's signing with the Knicks, the Knicks making moves to make space for Jalen Brunson, the Knicks signing Jalen Brunson, Jalen Brunson meeting with, oh, he's going to meet with the Mavericks and the Heat and the Knicks now, like the tampering stuff about Jalen Brunson. Like it was talked about so much. It was the most, before the Kevin Durant thing, it was the most talked about story of the offseason, which sounds insane for a guy in Jalen Brunson that was getting played off of a court in the playoffs like a year ago. To then become the most talked about story in the offseason. But it did. It became the most talked about story in the offseason. And then he left and the Mavs did lose him for nothing. And that was a bad loss. We've gone over that a bunch of times. It was a bad loss for the Mavericks. But the Mavericks didn't have the worst offseason. They at least replaced him with Christian Wood. Who we think is the biggest X factor. And is a big wild card. But if he puts up the same kind of production. That's going to be great. They added JaVale McGee. That's at least better than Dwight Powell that they had. And guess what? The Charlotte Hornets had way worse of an offseason. <laughs> way worse um he miles bridges has three felony counts of domestic violence against him now i know at a certain point you're like i don't know if i want to mix the off the court stuff with the on the court stuff let's just focus on the on the court stuff and say all right well he's not gonna be on the court go to uh ka from from jungle book he won't be there in the morning no he won't be there on the court I don't, we don't know how long, but that's a bad offseason. They're about to give him a max contract. They're about to look at him and be like, Miles Bridges, you were one of our best players, probably our second best player. We're going to give you a max contract. And they weren't really even going to sniff it, like even going to like, like put their nose up at it. They weren't even going to think about it. They were just going to give it to him. Mavericks had to think about the, the contract they gave Jalen Brunson or that they, they could have given Jalen Brunson. The Hornets had a worst offseason. And then the Hornets didn't sign anybody. Like, did the Hornets make a transaction after the, the Miles Bridges thing? It, it froze their whole team. It froze their whole team where they were like, okay, well, now what do we do? <laughs> and they didn't make a move. It was like two weeks after free agency, they still hadn't made a move. They finally signed, they like re-signed Cody Martin or Caleb Martin, one of the Martin twins. And that was like their one move that they made. Like they had a worse offseason. <laughs> If I had a vote, I'm going Charlotte Hornets. That's worse. That's where at least the Mavericks added something. The Hornets didn't add anything. The Hornets added some rookies and they made some trades and they they didn't get Jalen Duran and they added Mark Williams and like I, that's not better. I don't think that, um, Jaden Hardy might be better than Mark Williams. Like centers in the lottery are are hit and miss. Like for 
for every, like for every Aiton, there's a Mo Bamba, right? For every or or think of another one that flopped. Like there's there's a bunch. Hornets had a worse offseason than the Mavericks. Now the Mavericks had probably a neutral offseason, maybe just slightly negative offseason. But to say that they are the worst, I think it was, is is too far. And then uh and it's also to say that this like a lot of teams had pretty good offseasons this year. The Nuggets got a vote. The Nuggets didn't have the worst offseason. They're getting their players back. They they traded KCP, but then they or they got they got KCP. They got Bruce Brown. Like I think that's good for them. So I don't know what that vote. That vote is for just DeAndre them signing DeAndre Jordan and that person not know, understanding why they did that. <laughs> that's what that vote is for. Uh, the Lakers got a vote. Here's the thing about the Lakers: they replaced their entire team, except for LeBron, AD, Westbrook, and like Josh Reeves. They replaced their whole team. So I, I don't know if that's a bad offseason. I think it's a better chance that those players that they added would be better than the ones they had last year because the ones they had last year were so bad. No one wants to sign them. Like Dwight, pa- Dwight, <laughs> Dwight Howard, um, Car- Carmelo Anthony, Avery Bradley, uh, Kent Bazemore. Like none of these guys are signed. I don't know how the Lakers could have the worst offseason. I guess they still have Russ. They still haven't made that move, but I don't know how they could have the worst offseason because they, they, hopefully those guys will be better than what they had last year. And that's just saying how bad they were last year. The Timberwolves got a vote. Now, whatever you think about that Rudy Gobert trade, at least they at least they got a guy. At least they have him, and at least they added an all-defensive player. I don't know how they could have the worst offseason. And then the Blazers got a vote. The Blazers got a vote, and there's a there's a quote in here about I don't know what they're playing for. I don't know what they're competing for. I get that. I, I get that. But at least they added some talent. They re-signed it. Anthony Simons. They added Gary Payton the second. They added you know Jeremy Grant. Like that's a good offseason. Like in a vacuum. So I guess if you're looking at it outside of the vacuum, then maybe it's not a good offseason because they're leveraging future. But they didn't give up too much to get those guys. They outright signed Gary Payton. They traded for Jeremy Grant. It wasn't that much. Like. I don't know. I'm not losing sleep over the Blazers offseason. And then the Nets got two votes. The Nets probably got two votes. And I I can tell you, I'm going to bet that this was two executives who just said, Sean Marks and Steve Nash and Joe Sy just had the worst offseason because of the headache they just had to go through. (laughs) That's what these two votes are. The Nets had the worst offseason just because of the headache they had to go through. Mavericks got six votes. So they are clearly the one, according to these scouts and coaches and executives, they had the worst offseason. Disagree. Disagree. Who had the best offseason? What makes a good offseason then? If these were the bad ones, who had a good one? Celtics got six votes. Makes sense. They didn't lose anybody. They added Malcolm Brogdon. They added Danilo Gallinari, though Gallinari doesn't look like he's going to compete for them for a while <laughs> because of the injury he just uh, he just went through over in, um, in Europe. Sixers got two votes. They add, you know, some talent. They add Melton. They add um, PJ Tucker. James Harden is apparently he's gonna be healthy this year. He's gonna be healthy. He's focused on basketball. Good for you, man. Fine. The Jazz got two votes. So apparently, I, I bet whoever voted for the Timberwolves on the worst offseason voted for the Jazz on the best offseason because they thought that trade was so good that they got. Um, Jazz are doing fine. They got a first for Royce O'Neal, which I think was more impressive than the <laughs> than the trade that they got for Gobert. Clip, uh, Hawks got a vote. They got DeJounte Murray. That's a good one. Clippers got a vote. They got John Wall, and then they uh, were getting their guys back from, from injury. Knicks got a vote. They added Jalen Brunson. Fine. Um, and then they just, they just signed an extension for R.J. Barrett. Sacramento, and they may still get Donovan Mitchell. Um, 
Sacramento Kings got a vote for best offseason. They added Malik Monk and Kevin Herter. They added Keegan Murray in the draft. Like Those are good moves. Like They, they upgraded their team. And then the Washington Wizards got a vote. They made that trade for Monte Morris. And then they uh, added A.J. Griffin in the... Right? No, they added um, Johnny Davis. They, I get the two guards confused. They, they added Johnny Davis in the draft. I guess a fine offseason. Good for them. That's, that's, that's a, I guess, who the best offseason. So, like, even the best ones, there wasn't much change either way. Celtics got six votes, and they added uh, they added Gallinari, and they added Brogdon. I don't know how much Brogdon's going to bring to that team. They already have guys that score. They already have these things. He's, like, going to help on the edges, but he hasn't been a guy that helps on the edges. He's been a guy with the ball in his hands, and he's been injured a lot. So if that's the overwhelming best move, then not a lot of teams swayed either side. So I feel like this 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 side of it, like the best offseason vote, makes me feel better about the Mavericks getting the worst offseason vote because not a lot of change happened. Then the last one we'll look at is who wins the you know the Eastern Conference Finals, Western Conference Finals, and then the NBA Finals. Mavericks didn't get a single vote for West. They didn't get a single vote for NBA champs. But the Warriors, the Warriors only got three votes to win the West next year. The Suns got three votes. All right. You know from listening to our crossovers in the playoffs that Cyrus Satsas of Lockdown Warriors is going to be hot. He's going to be hot. He is going to be Texas Sun hot at the Warriors and the Suns having the same amount of votes to win the West next year. And I'm with him. Who in their right mind would vote for the Suns over the Warriors to win the West next year? After all the DeAndre Ayton saga, the Game 7 that they just went through, Chris Paul getting another year older, and the way that the Warriors have these guys that are just getting older and like just coming into their own, if Kuminga takes a step forward, that's a huge thing for them. If Klay Thompson is another year removed from his injury and he's better, then like that's even better than the team that, that just won the title. That Warriors team would have beat the Suns, I think. By the transitive property, they would have. Uh, Clippers getting eight votes. That makes sense to me. That they're they're getting Kawhi back. He's he's probably top five next year. Uh, while we're having these conversations, NBA champs Clippers got five votes. Bucks got four votes. Celtics four votes. Warriors two votes. Who's after what we just saw in the finals? Who's voting the Celtics over the Warriors? I I don't understand this. I get Bucks. I get Clippers. I don't get why four four people are voting the Celtics over the Clippers, Bucks, and the Warriors. The Warriors just thoroughly beat them in the finals and you, you think they're just going to go back and win it this year i don't know you're a little, little high on the, the boston celtics like let's calm down let's calm down nba executives there you go that's the nba survey there's a bunch of other stuff in there isaac will be back tomorrow talking about some players to watch in Eurobasket. we're covering it we're really getting into it guys thanks so much for listening to lockdown mavs now go listen to the ultimate pro football preview it's an nfl preview eight episode extravaganza to get you ready for the nfl season local team experts of the lockdown podcast network plus a betting angle from lee sterling of lockdown bets all combining into one ultimate nfl preview search the ultimate pro football preview 2022 on your odyssey app YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom!